0: Chapter 19 of Isaac Bickerstaff. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Isaac Bickerstaff, Physician and Astrologer by Richard Steele. Chapter 19 of Men Who Are Not Their Own Masters. From My Own Apartment, June 2nd. I have received a letter which accuses me of partiality in the administration of the censorship and says that I have been very free with the lower part of mankind, but extremely cautious in representations of matters which concern men of condition. This correspondent takes upon him also to say the upholster was not undone by turning politician, but became bankrupt by trusting his goods to persons of quality and mans of me that it should do justice upon such as brought poverty and distress upon the world below them while they themselves were sunk in pleasures and luxury supported at the expense of those very persons whom they treated with a negligence as if they did not know whether they dealt with them or not this is a very heavy accusation both of me and such as the man aggrieved accuses me of tolerating for this reason i resolved to take this matter into consideration and upon very little meditation could call to my memory many instances which made this complaint far from being groundless the root of this evil does not always proceed from justice in the men of figure but often from a false grandeur, which they take upon them in being unacquainted with their own business, not considering how mean a part they act when their names and characters are subjected to the little arts of their servants and dependents. The overseers of the poor are a people who have no great reputation for the discharge of their trust, but are much less scandalous then the overseers of the rich ask a young fellow of a great estate who was that odd fellow that spoke to him in a public place he answers one that does my business it is with many a natural consequence of being a man of fortune that they are not to understand the disposal of it and they long to come to their estates only to put themselves under new guardianship nay i have known a young fellow who was regularly bred an attorney, and was a very expert one till he had an estate fallen to him. The moment that happened, he could, who could for approve the next land he cast his eye upon his own was so sharp that a man at first sight would give him a small sum for the general receipt, whether he owed him anything or not. Such a one, I say, have I seen upon coming to an estate forget all his defendants of mankind and become the most manageable thing breathing he immediately wanted a stirring man to take upon him his affairs to receive and pay and do everything which he himself was now too fine a gentleman to understand it is pleasant to consider that he would not have got an estate as he not come to one will certainly starve because one fell to him and but such contradictions are we to ourselves and any change of life is insupportable to some natures it is a mistaken sense of superiority to believe a figure or equipage gives man precedence to their neighbours nothing can create respect for mankind but laying obligations upon them and it may very reasonably be concluded that if it were put into a due balance according to the true state of the account may who believe themselves in possession of a large share of dignity in the world must give place to their inferiors the greatest of all distinctions in civil life is that of debtor and creditor and there needs no great progress in logic to know which in that case is the advantageous side he who can say to another pray master or pray my lord give me my own can as justly tell him it is a fantastical distinction you take upon you to pretend to pass upon the world for my master or lord when at the same time that i wear your livery you owe me wages or while i wait at your door you are ashamed to see me till you have paid my bill the good old way among the gentry of england to maintain their pre-eminence over the lower rank was by their bounty munificence, and hospitality and is a very unhappy change if at present by themselves or their agents the luxury of the gentry is supported by the credit of the trader this is what my correspondent pretends to prove out of his own books, and those of his whole neighbourhood. He has the confidence to say that there is a mug house near Long Acre, where you may every evening hear an exact amount of distresses of this kind. One complains that such a lady's finery is the occasion that his own wife and daughter appear so long in the same gown another that all the furniture of her visiting apartment are no more hers than the scenery of play, are the proper goods of the actress. Nay, at the lower end of the same table you may hear a butcher and a poulterer say that, at their proper charge, all that family has been maintained since they last came to town. The free manner in which people of fashion are discoursed on at such meetings is but just a reproach of their failures in this line, but the melancholy relations of the great necessities tradesmen are driven to who support their credit in spite of the faithless promises which are made them and the abatement which they suffer when paid by the extortion of upper servants is what would stop the most thoughtless man in the career of his pleasures if rightly represented to him if this matter be not very speedily amended i shall think fit to print exact lists of all persons who are not there at their own disposal though above the age of twenty-one and as the trader is made bankrupt from from his abode so shall the gentleman for being at home if when mr morphew calls he cannot give him an exact amount of what passes in his own family After this fair warning, no one ought to think himself hardly dealt with. If I take upon me to pronounce him no longer master of his estate, wife, or family, then he continues to improve, cherish, and maintain them upon the basis of his own property, without incursions upon his neighbor in any of these particulars. According to that excellent philosopher Epictius, we are all but acting parts in a play, and it is not a distinction in itself to be high or low, but to become the parts we are to perform. I am, by my office, prompter on this occasion, and shall give those who are a little out of their parts such soft hints as may help them to proceed, without letting it be known to the audience they were out by if they run quite out of character, they must be called off the state, and receive parts more suitable to their genius. Servile, compliance shall be degrade a man from his honour and quality and haughtiness be yet more debased fortune shall no longer appropriate distinctions but nature direct us in the disposition both of respect and discontent as there are tempers made for command and others for obedience so there are men born for acquiring possessions and others incapable of being other than men lodgers in the houses of their ancestors and have it not in their very composition to be propitious of anything these men are moved only by the mere effects of impulse. Their good-will and disserteam are to be regarded equally, for neither is the effect of their judgment. This loose temper is that which makes a man, what Sallust so well remarks to happen frequently in the same person, to be covetous of what is another's, and perfuse of what is his own. This sort of men is usually aimable to ordinary eyes but in the sight of reason nothing is laudable but what is guided by reason the covetous prodigal is all others the worst man in society if he would but take time to look into himself he would find his soul all over gashed with broken vows and promises and his retrospect on his actions would not consist of reflections upon those good resolutions after mature thought which are the true life of a reasonable creature but the nauseous memory of imperfect pleasures idle dreams and occasional amusements to follow such dissatisfying pursuits is it possible to suffer ignominy of being unjust i remember in tully's epistle in the recommendation of a man to an affair which had no manner of relation to money it is said you may trust him for he is a frugal man it is certain he who has not a regard to strict justice in the commerce of life can be capable of no good action in any other kind but he who lives below his income lays up every moment of life armour against a base world they will cover all his frailties while he is so fortified and exaggerate them when he is naked and defenseless advertisement a stagecoach sets out exactly at 6 from nando's coffee house to tiptoe's dancing school and returns at 11 every evening for 1 shilling and 4 pence d b dancing shoes not exceeding four inches height in the heel and periwigs not exceeding three feet in length are carried in the coach-box gratis End of chapter nineteen read by elijah fisher